Welcome, everybody, to Thoughts of the Week podcast. How's everybody doing? We're back with another Black History Month series. All right, some more Black History information. And um, today we're going to talk, we're going to (laughs) tackle four different um, areas. We're going to tackle the business area, the entrepreneur slash business side of Black History today. And uh, we're going to go over Fred McKinley, Richard Spike, um, Black Wall Streets with an S at the end, and uh, Black Oil Producers. All right. So with that in mind, we're going to get started with the first one, and that is Frederick McKinley. So you're rocking with the best thoughts of the week. Hold on before before we get started. Hold on before we get started. Let's support a black business today. All right. Let's support a black business today. So you guys, I want you guys to go to the product store. All right. I want you guys to go to the product store and be sure you guys support the show. All right. And um, also you guys support survive and protect all righty all right before we get started man all right before we get started and we're gonna um pay some bills real quick so we're gonna take a quick commercial break all right be right back let's go welcome everyone valentine's day is coming close and we have a special bear for a special occasion So why not get that special bear, Boyd's bear, for that special someone on Valentine's Day? The link is in the description. Safe House is a location other than your primary residence that you can go to whenever you need assistance or protection from any possible criminal or violent encounters. The first thing you want to start off with though is look for your fire departments, your police departments, your EMS stations. Look for that first and then look for your 24 hour locations. You don't want to look at gas stations, 
gyms that are open up for 24 hours. You want to look at hotels, stores like Walmart, things of that nature. That way, if something happens, an emergency occurs, you already know where they at. Go right to them. If you want to learn more on how to protect yourself, get the course, How to Be Your Own VIP Protection Specialist. The link is in the description. All right, there you go. There you go. Support that. Support those products, man. Get those products. And uh, if you guys want to learn how to protect yourself, definitely go to surviveandprotectonline.com. All right. Surviveandprotectonline.com. You'll get a lot of information on how to protect yourself. You can purchase courses. You can get um, you can check out videos for free. Um, and yeah, you learn how to protect yourself in the streets, in the real world. All right. Nothing dealing with the, the dojo, not no disrespect, anything to karate schools and this school, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai schools, but they deal with real world situations, reality when it comes to getting attacked. All right. So that's survive and protect online.com. And if you just want to take a look at this website where they have different products, physical and digital products, go to the product store company.com, the product store company.com. And incidentally, the, um, the products that you've seen in the uh, promotion commercials will be on these websites right here. All right. So with that being said, man, let's get started with some more black history knowledge and information. Let's go. You are listening to Thoughts of the Week. All right, so check it out, man. We're going to go into this book here. And uh, we're going to get all the information from this book today. And, of course, you might hit this book again later on down the road in the next few days or so. Like I said um, earlier in uh, Podcast 88, I think, that I have several books, man. So we're going to be taking a look in different books, Black History, man, for the rest of this month. And uh, like I said, today we're going to go into this book right here. All right. More Dirty Little Secrets with Dr. Claude Anderson and Brent Anderson. All right. So we're going to take a look in this book today. And the first one we're going to tackle is Frederick McKinley. All right. This one is titled The Iceman Did Cometh. All right. The Iceman Did Cometh. This might be the real Iceman. <laughs> All right. No disrespect to Ice T, Ice Cube. No disrespect to the ice cream man, a.k.a. Master P, but this might be the real ice man right here. All right. So the ice man did cometh. All right. Frederick McKinley Jones, a black man, gave this country and the world the first refrigerated truck. Frederick McKinley Jones was born an orphan in 1893 and was only able to attend school through the sixth grade. His invention of the refrigerated truck gave shippers of perishable foods and products long distance capability. 
Prior to refrigeration, shippers were limited to using unreliable heavy blocks of ice. Once the ice melted, it lost its cooling capacity and products were spoiled. After Jones' invention changed the transportation of products on land, he also invented a refrigerator unit for train boxcars. Some of his other inventions included, but are not limited to, the defroster, two-cycle gasoline engine, the starter generator, and the internal combustion engine, which allowed fuel to be burned inside an engine rather than an external furnace. Frederick Jones registered most of his inventions around 1950. So that's not too long ago, all right? Jones died in 1961, but his inventions with patent numbers 2,696,086 and 2,475,841 and 2,226,874 continue to be used around the world to this day, okay? Thanks to Frederick Jones, refrigerated trucks and railroad cars now supply the daily food needs of large urban and smaller rural, rural populations alike, all right? So that is the real Iceman Frederick McKinley Jones who created the refrigeration process for refrigerated trucks, rail cars, and of course he came with a couple, come some more inventions, again, the defroster, the two-cycle gasoline engine, the starter generator, and the internal combustion engine. All right, so Frederick McKinley was putting in that work. All right, so let's get on to the next one. And that is Richard Spikes, and you're rocking with the best thoughts of the week. Let's go. You are listening to Thoughts of the Week. All right, so we have inventor Richard B. Spike. All right, so this one is titled An Inventor of Safety Devices. Okay, Richard B. Spike, a black man, invented a device that made it possible for the typical motorist to drive automobiles with improved safety. All right, Spike created a fail safe brake that utilized hydraulics and electricity for vehicles with automatic transmission. Now I'm gonna read that one again, all right? Spike created a fail-safe brake that utilized hydraulics and electricity for vehicles with automatic transmissions. Some of Spike's other inventions included the flashing warning signal lights at railroad crossings, so y'all see that today. Y'all still see that out today. And the turn signals on cars. So the turn signals that's on your car right now, left and right. Guess who created that? Richard Spike. All right. So you keep that in mind. Mr. Spike's fail-safe brake is registered under patent number 3,015,522. All right. So that's 3015522. Even though few blacks 
owned automobiles in the early 1930s, Richard B. Spike's automobile safety devices made it possible for the next generation of blacks to drive and lean behind the wheel 50 years later. So that's real dope, man. See, a lot of this, a lot of this you pre, um, you probably didn't know. And um, I'm definitely going to bring y'all the information this month. OK, so again, that's Richard Spikes. He developed the the fail safe brake, which utilized hydraulics and electricity for vehicles. All right. He also created the flashing warning signals. The signal lights that are at each railroad um, intersections or if there's a way that you can drive across the tracks. But when the trains come in, you have the lights flashing to give you a warning that, hey, there's a railroad train coming. So Richard B. Spike created that, invented that. And he also created, invented the turn signals on your cars. OK, the turn signals on your cars is what he also invented. So everybody has turn signals on their cars and you can thank richard b spikes for that all right so with that being said you're rocking with the best thoughts of the week let's get it you are listening to thoughts of the week All right, before we go into the next two, which is Black Wall Streets and Black Oil Producers, we're going to take us another commercial break. All right. So we'll be back here in a minute. If you are a real estate investor or you're thinking about getting into the real estate business, you might want to pick up the Real Estate Investors Pack. It is three books from three different authors, only $19.95. The link will be in the description. Sit down and brainstorm um, potential things that can happen, all right? Potential situations that can occur. I'm giving you a list here of uh, possible things that can happen. You got fires, you have flash floods, home invasions, hailstorms, hurricanes. Um, a pipe might burst in your house because, you know, it's real cold in the winter at that time. Um, it might burst in the summer. All right, just never know. Tornadoes, blizzards, snow, mudslides, earthquakes, etc. All right. To prepare yourself for potential emergencies, take the free course Simple Emergency Planning in Four Easy Steps. Did I mention free? The link is in the description. All right, we're back, Thoughts of the Week podcast. And right now we're gonna talk about Black Wall Streets, not just the Black Wall Street, Black Wall Streets with the S, all right? So, and it's titled, the, it's titled Black Wall Streets, all right? At the turn of the 20th century, 
Black Americans had thriving business communities across America. Two of the largest and most successful Black business districts called Black Wall Streets were located in Durham, North Carolina and Tulsa, Oklahoma. Following the Civil War, Black sense, Black's sense of unity, independence and segregation forced them to build communities support black owned businesses and create their own employment opportunities all right i'm gonna read that again because that's very important and it looks like that we need to start doing this same thing or something similar to it today all right so again following the civil war blacks sense of unity independence and segregation forced them to build communities support black owned businesses and create their own employment opportunities all right durham had the first black wall street which was and it wasn't tulsa see durham durham had the first black wall street which was the role model for tulsa's the city had over 150 thriving businesses including a number of black banks and national insurance companies which boasted more than 200 million dollars in combined assets and employed a large number of black citizens the great depression of the 1930s caused white business failures all across america yet the black owned mechanics and farmers bank in durham boasted that it did not lose one black business during the great great depression imagine that all right if the Great Depression could not destroy black businesses in Durham, what did? Durham was killed off by social integration. There's that integration thing again. A lot of people used to think that um, integration was such this big thing. And I talked about it in a prior podcast that a lot of people, a lot of black people got the idea that if you have a black business, let's say for example, that's selling cars, and then you have a white business selling the same similar cars all the black people want to go over there to the white company and get the cars because they think their cars the white company cars are better so that's what that integration end up building and again what destroyed the um black wall street in north carolina and durham was the social integration all right the second largest black wall street died a different and more violent death in the early 1900s, Durham's Wall Street inspired black entrepreneurs in Tulsa to build a similar business district. By 1920, they constructed numerous factories, hotels, transportation companies, theaters, restaurants, grocery and clothing stores, and retail outlets. Fine residential housing and professional offices for black doctors, dentists, lawyers, and accountants lined the streets within the black community. Blacks in Tulsa, Oklahoma, were actively practicing group economics. Very, very powerful word, group economics, right? So again, blacks in Tulsa, Oklahoma, were actively practicing group economics just like whites and ethnic and ethnic immigrant immigrant excuse me so again 
Blacks in Tulsa, Oklahoma were actively pr practicing group economics, just like whites and ethnic immigrants. However, Tulsa's white citizens who had subordinated, exploited, and segregated Tulsa's black citizens were envious, were jealous of the prosperity blacks enjoyed from practicing group economics, doing business with their own people and making their money bounce eight to 12 times within their own communities. White envy was subdued racial hate. An incident in which a 19-year-old male accidentally stumbled on a jerky elevator and brushed against a white woman proved to be an incendiary event that gave whites an excuse to riot and destroy black lives, property, and businesses, all right? For nearly a week, white mobs and thugs robbed and ransacked more than 1,400 black homes, schools, churches, and businesses. Local white police watched the rampaging white mobs attack defenseless blacks. White pilots from a nearby Air Force base dropped turpentine bombs on black homes, businesses, and churches. So that's like the first, the real first um, air bombing that ever occurred was the Black Wall Street, all right, on black people, all right? So again, white pilots from a nearby Air Force base dropped turpentine bombs on black homes, businesses, and churches. At the riot's end, whites had lynched and shot nearly 600 blacks. Tulsa's Black Wall Street had been totally destroyed. During the following year, the surviving blacks lived in tents donated by the American Red Cross, while whites brought the burned out or abandoned properties at bargain prices. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Whether by the hands of white rioters in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or integrationists in Durham, North Carolina, Black America has yet to recover from the economic losses of slavery, Jim Crow segregation, and its two Black Wall Streets. All right, I'm going to read that one again. Whether by the hands of white rioters in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or integrationists in Durham, North Carolina, Black America has yet to recover from the economic losses of slavery. So reparations is in order, Jim Crow segregation, and it's two Black Wall Streets. All right. You're rocking with the best thoughts of the week. Let's go. You are listening to Thoughts of the Week. All right. So incidentally, let me, let me show you this picture here from in regards to the uh, Black Wall Streets. All right. It's a faded picture, but it was it's showing that they was burning down the whole area of Black Wall Street. All right. There's the smoke and, you know, burning down. So, yeah, the first uh, air bomb dropped in America was from uh, from Americans themselves dropping it on black people because of their jealousy 
that this Black Wall Street in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma was thriving so well, the white people got jealous and decided to bomb everything. All right. So now what we're going to talk about lastly is black oil producers. All right. And incidentally, it is titled black, a black oil producers. Okay. As automobiles increased in popularity, black entrepreneurs knew they would need gas and oil to operate. So they began to develop supportive businesses with the uh, with the emerging with the emerging industries. Excuse me. I'm gonna read that again. As automobiles increased in popularity, black entrepreneurs knew they would need gas and oil to operate. So they began to develop supportive businesses with the emerging industries. In 1930, Odessa S. Strickland and a number of other blacks in Shreveport, Louisiana, pooled their financial resources and organized the Universal Oil, Gas and Mining Company. The first and only black owned oil company in the United States. The, U the Universal Oil Company was granted a charter on March the 2nd, 1931. With only $20 in the Treasury, Universal, with its black personnel, began operating and drilling its own oil and gas wells. Within a decade, the company had over 51 employees and nine operating wells in Louisiana, Texas, and Kentucky that produced nearly 380 barrels a day. The company's oil was pumped and sold to major white companies. Realizing that black landowners with oil deposits were not getting fair payment for their oil leases, royalties, and sale of their resources, Strickland invented an electro electronometer which could locate, trace, and measure underground quantities of oil and gas. So this guy created, invented something that can trace quantities of oil and gas in the ground. Again, Strickland invented an electronometer which could locate, trace, and measure underground quantities of oil and gas. Experts in the petroleum field felt his machine was the best and most accurate for locating oil deposits. By the late 1930s, Blacks organized the Tiger Oil and Gas Company, another Louisiana oil company. So Blacks got together and created another company, all right? The Tiger Company leased land and drilled for oil in both Louisiana and Texas. Both Universal and Tiger survived bank collapses and the Great Depression of the 1930s. But as the nation approached social integration, there's that word again, of the late 1940s, black Americans increasingly believed it was more important to have access to white businesses rather than for blacks to have their own businesses. Okay, that was what was being destroying black folks. They wanted to be all under white folks and wanted to do what they wanted to do, what the white people was doing. They wanted to be under them. And that's what ended up taking everybody now. So there seems to be a theme back then in those times and you can possibly even link that to today 
with a lot of people with black people's mindset. So let me read that one again here. Both Universal and Tiger survived. They survived bank collapses and the Great Depression. They survived the bank collapsing and they survived the uh, Great Depression. Both of these black owned oil companies survived. Universal was one of them and Tiger was the other one. All right. But as the nation approached social integration of the late 1940s, social integration came in there. So I'm wondering if somebody um, if this was planned with a group of people with this plan to, to kind of put in social integration, black black Americans increasingly because of social integration, believed it was more important to have access to white businesses rather than for blacks to have their own businesses. Within a generation, black owned oil companies had gone out of business. All right. Again, that's the book that you guys see on the screen. That's coming from the book there. More Dirty Little Secrets. And um, this is something that we should definitely, this is a lesson that we actually should learn from this, man. We should definitely learn a lesson from this. All right. And I see a lot of people, a lot of black people are starting to get into that mindset of starting their own businesses again and owning it and controlling it. And that's very important. But you're getting this history from right here and you're learning the lessons from that. So don't. As you're hearing this, for those who are listening on the podcast platforms and those even watching, when you when you watch this and you listen to what I was reading, take heed to that, man. And um, don't make don't continue making the same mistakes again. All right. So I appreciate y'all, man. That's the end of this episode. All right. I'm going to get on out of here. And we'll see y'all again tomorrow with some more Black History, with the Black History Month series and some more Black History information, all right? So again, you're rocking with the best thoughts of the week. I'm out. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Peace.